Welcome to Smiling Homeschool Podcast. My name is Ben Wilson. This week is a little bit different and it is based off of one of my dad's Todd's books, How to Be a Great Wife Even Though You Homeschool. Since he is married to homeschooling mom, he has some wisdom to share from the point of view of your husbands. We hope you find this encouraging and helpful in your marriage. But before we begin, we also want to thank our sponsor, Teaching Textbooks. They make math fun and you can check out their website over at teachingtextbooks.com for a free trial. So let's get going. Here's my dad, Todd Wilson. Hey mom, how's it going? I hope you're having a uh, great week. Um, I know that when you stay off the news, it does. It's not hard to have a great week, um, but sometimes when you're on the news and listening to all the stats and things, it can seem to close in on you and uh, it can crush your soul. Um, but hey, uh, we're doing something a little different today. Um, uh, it's my son's birthday, Cal's, and uh, we're trying to figure out what to do this evening, you know, because things are a little different. He can't have friends over, and we can't go to some fun place with Chucky. Um, so we're going to uh, celebrate his 14th birthday um, at home just with our own family, and we're going to try to make it a fun night. But normally we record on this evening, but uh, we're not going to do that. And so um, my son, Ben... Uh, he can't uh, record during the day because he has a real job and is apparently an essential uh, employee. Um, but he, so he can't do that. So I told him, hey, I said, Ben, I'll do the in-betweens and you do the ends and then we'll put it together and make it sound like we were together. So uh, we're going to do that. And I'll tell you, I've been thinking about something for the last couple of weeks. Um, you know... What is sad to me is not just the things we hear in the headlines. In fact, some of the things in the headlines are not as sad to me as the things that we're going to be talking about now. Um, because my wife even told me today, she said, hey, did, I just saw that um, somebody you know, that we used to hang around with in the homeschool circles, they're not, they're not married anymore. Um, and I was just like, oh, you're kidding me. Um, and it made me immediately think of another couple that we used to hang around as well in the homeschool circles, and they're not married anymore, anymore. Um, and in fact, a couple weeks ago, I got an email from a dad who many of you might know them. Um, maybe you follow their, um, blogs or their, I don't even, do they even have blogs anymore where they follow their, um, Facebook posts and, Insta, uh, social media post, and I know that they have a huge following. And uh, and just recently, uh, the wife posted that uh, they're not going to be married anymore. Um, it was from the post; it was all a husband's fault. Um, but of course, everybody knows that it's never, or rarely—I shouldn't say never—rarely one or the other's fault. It's a together fault. You know, I've talked to wives out there and I talked to lots of them who it they have dorky husbands, jerky husbands who've done some stupid things. But sometimes, you know, they should have said something a little earlier until this situation is so huge that I don't even know how to respond to it anymore. And, you know, it's not abnormal. It's normal. Husbands and wives struggle homeschooling husbands and wives maybe even struggle more because their pressures are greater. Um, 
In fact, uh, I'm going to cover some of the stuff that I've talked before about. In fact, we wrote a book, How to Be a Great Wife Even Though You Homeschool. And uh, we're going to cover some of those things uh, in the next uh, few minutes. But here's the reason we're talking about them. Because these things, a husband and wife who don't stay married for whatever reason, is a destroyer. It destroys homeschools. It destroys families. It ripples down through generations. Uh, I mean, worst, worst case scenario, you get the coronavirus and die. You know, your family remembers you fondly. You know, and they say nice things at your funeral. And, and that's bad. I mean, nobody wants that to happen. But you spend the rest of eternity in heaven. Um, and that's not too bad. Uh, um, in fact, it's, that's a great thing. Um, even though I'm not ready to go yet. Um, but when a husband, and, when a mom and a dad, let's say it that way, when a mom and a dad no longer are married, they don't stay married, um, people are destroyed. Families are just destroyed. Your kids never get over it. Um, and I know lots of you listening have, uh, your, your parents were divorced. And you still still feel those wounds and in your heart of hearts you long for them to be back together even though they may not be able to be you know i know some of you listening have been through a divorce a painful divorce um you know and it's hard um and i know you know we can't do anything about the past but we can do something about the present right now so if you're divorced and not remarried you know um, i'm going to tell you this that if you're able, you know, the, 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 for reconciliation, that is better than moving on and hoping that all disappears because it doesn't all disappear. And if you're, you've been divorced and you're married, or who, we're not talking about the past. We're talking about right now. Um, and I know, again, lots of you are right in the midst of a hard situation because, hey, marriage is hard. It just is. Is it's the hardest thing I do, um, you know, doing like a podcast, doing this kind of stuff, piece of cake. Homeschooling is a piece of cake. But here's here's the thing: this home, this marriage within homeschooling is so important. But ma- homeschool marriages, homeschooling, kind of sucks up marriages. It sucks up everything if you allow it to. Um, like I said, there are extra pressures on uh, homeschooling couples. And if you're not careful, it sucks it up. You know, it's like a black hole. Um, you know, and a black hole is this thing out in outer space. We're not even exactly sure. We made some guesses. But it looks like this star that has kind of gone out and it's collapsed and it's pulling in stuff. And uh, uh, apparently it, its gravitational force is so strong that not even light can escape it. Um, and that's the, you know, the, the black hole. Homeschooling does the same thing. It pulls in things if we're not careful. Sadly, the most dangerous thing, again, or most uh, tragic thing, is marriages. Um, and I remember being contacted by a, a, a lawyer um, one time from New York City. Um, I don't even know if she knew anything about me, except that I had written a book about uh, I have a great marriage, even though you're homeschooling. And she basically said, hey, my name's so-and-so. And, so, and uh, she said, I'm a divorce lawyer. And I'm just 
struck by all the people who are wanting my services and they're homeschoolers. What's up with that? And so we talked a little bit really about the black hole. Um, And as you look at this, and I've probably shared it before, I know I've shared it all over the country, but in a marriage, in a homeschool marriage, you know, I like to think of it as a plant, you know, and when it's spring here in northern Indiana and we're starting to think about putting out flowers, I know some places already have, and it kind of makes me ill when I see this, your pansies that are out there and your uh, flowers are starting going down in, in southern Florida. You know, you already got flowers. You have flowers all the time. But up here in northern Indiana, you know, it won't be long because I've seen them at Walmart. Not the flowers yet, but the plants are starting to show up at Walmart and at Lowe's. won't be long before, you know, the flats of flowers come out and we'll be buying them and planting them. And the way I always planted them was I would grab them by the little stem and plop them in the ground. And uh, until someone said... You shouldn't grab it by the stem. You should grab it by the leaves. Because if you pull off a leaf, the plant still survives. But if you grab it by the stem and you squeeze it too tightly, the plant, you run the risk of killing the whole plant. And then it doesn't matter about the leaves, right? It may make sense. I think in homeschooling, all those things that concern you, you know, like whether I'm doing the right curriculum or am I doing it in the right order or is my house clean or is my, you know, are we, whatever, pick something. Those are leaves. Some of them are bigger leaves. Some are smaller leaves. Like sentence diagramming isn't even a leaf. You know, but your marriage is the stem. And, you know, if I were the enemy, you know where I would attack? The stem. You know, if I were the the enemy, I would want you to be focused on the leaf and neglect the stem. Because if the stem dies or is hurt or damaged, Everything else goes. It doesn't matter about the leaves anymore. Uh, you talk to, uh, again, you talk to, to homeschoolers who've gone through a divorce or their kids have gone through a divorce. They don't, they don't even care. They don't care if they don't know the Pythagorean theorem. They don't care if they didn't learn enough math. or you know, It doesn't matter because the marriage in your homeschool is your stem. Uh, in fact, you know, uh, what we're going to do is, just for the next few minutes, are just talk about some things to make sure we're taking care of the STEM in our homeschool. You know, specifically that we're meeting those needs of our husband. Because what happens in homeschooling is that, you know, you moms get so focused on the plan, on the curriculum, on your children, that you neglect your husband. And then you know what he does? He begins to pull out little by little little tiny step by little step, some of them you can't even see. And after a while, he's way away. What I want to show you is how to get your husband more involved in your marriage, in your homeschool, and in your family. And I guarantee it works. Um, Because up until now, sometimes we think what will work is for us to, to nag. You know, Uh, and the Bible even talks about that nagging to a husband sounds like a dripping faucet. You know, it's that little bloop, 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 you know, and after a while that the nagging, it it just drives you insane and you pull yourself away. What I'm going to share with you is not nagging. It's just the exact opposite. And it pulls your husband in. So let's just go down through a few of these lists. And again, you can find out more if you want to read it more in depth. Uh, Somebody's honking a horn in my driveway. I'm going to pause it just for a second. 
While Dad is checking on the honking, I just want to interrupt real quick to thank our sponsor, Teaching Textbooks. Teaching Textbooks is one of the best math curriculums available. Our family has used them for many years and we love it. They have a new version of the curriculum that's better than ever and you can access it from basically any device that's an internet browser, including Windows, Macs, Chromebooks, and even smartphones. Every math problem is explained and demonstrated in an easy to understand way that takes some of the stress and some of the responsibility away from you. Teaching Textbooks stores your child's grades so you can easily ensure they are learning and you can check in on the progress if you'd like. Teaching Textbooks makes math fun and you can visit the website over at teachingtextbooks.com check out a free trial and view a sample lesson. That was so cool. Um, that little pause, I heard the horns honk down our driveway and again, it's Cal's birthday. And I just looked down, there are three vans out there with signs that says happy birthday because they're trying to, whatever that social distancing thing is. And so it looks like a little parade with some of our homeschooled co-op friends. And I'll tell you, I am so encouraged. I hope my son never, ever forgets this um, this day. Um, but going back to what we were talking about, whatever we were talking about, um, which I don't know about it's the STEM, right? We were talking about that. Um, but these are just some things, again, that your husband needs from you. Um, and when you provide those, he takes a step back into your life. And here's the very first thing. You know, your husband just needs, um, he just needs someone who will help him. You know, because your husband was designed to, to need a helper. You know, if you look at uh, the beginning of Genesis, uh, Eve was created to be a helper for Adam. Um, and I know we live in a society, we live in a day that says, wrong-o, you know, that's not, woman wasn't made for man, you know, woman was made for woman, and she was supposed to be her own, she needs nothing, she, it's not true, in the same way that men wasn't created for, for himself, he was created to need someone, he needed a completer, that's what your husband needs from you, and I'll tell you, um, again, sometimes homeschool pulls you out of that helper realm, because you're so busy doing other things, um, things that are leaves, you know, at the neglect of the stem. So your husband needs you to help him. He needs you to help him be who he's supposed to be. I know sometimes my wife will do something for me, you know, whether that's getting my stuff ready as I get ready to go out to, to speak. I know a couple weeks ago, before the whole shutdown, um, I was speaking um, at the, the church that I pastored at for 10 years. And they'd gone through a super hard time. They, they took this big church and they dwindled it down to almost nothing. And they were, the pastor had just left the week before, and I was there to bring something. I wasn't even sure. And as I was sitting there, um, my wife turned around right before she said, I believe in you. You know, and what she was doing, she was helping me be what God had created me to be. I'll tell you, I don't even hardly remember. I probably won't remember the whole service, but I don't think I'll ever forget that part. Maybe your husband needs you to help him do something else. Maybe it's just to help him be what he's supposed to be. Maybe it's, you know, in the old days, you know, my, my wife's uh, mother uh, and my wife's dad is now in a, in a nursing home, probably for the duration. And, you know, she would iron her shirts every morning. She would get his clothes ready. And again, they would say, how archaic is that? It is not archaic. It is being a helper. And I would think that he would say, yeah, my wife helped me be what I was supposed to be, to be. And you know what that does? That draws us in to our families. It pulls us in because we respond to that. Um, so your husband, he wants you to help him. He wants you to follow him. Um, you know, and I know some of your wives are going, yeah, but my, my husband, you know, he doesn't lead. He doesn't lead in anything. 
And I think there's a reason for that. And I probably shared that again earlier uh, on this podcast. You know, I think there are a lot of husbands out there who have quit leading because, because we've been told we always lead the wrong way. Um, you know, we try leading and uh, even in this Corona thing, you know, this is, it's hard. Uh, my son, he was supposedly exposed to someone who, who had been exposed to somebody. And my wife's like, we're going to let him come. And I'm like, I don't know, honey, if that's the, the right thing. Maybe we shouldn't. And I talked to him and I thought about it. And, and I said, hey, Sammy, you know, I just think we're going to keep you away for a little while. And I'll tell, I, you know, my wife didn't like it. She thought I was being extreme. But hey, that's what husbands are supposed to do. We're supposed to lead in those things. So when we lead, ladies, let us lead. Because sometimes when we lead, we're told that it's the wrong way, that it's a bad way, and we're like these little puppies who get our nose smacked, and every time we stick our noses out, and after a while, we don't stick our noses out anymore. We don't lead because we're afraid that it will be wrong. Again, I know people um, who've been married 50 years, and their husbands lead in nothing. I believe there that there's a reason for that. I believe it's because... Either their mothers trained them that they couldn't do it, or their wives trained them that they couldn't lead. And again, maybe if you feel yourself bristling a little bit, uh, maybe that's because you're finding yourself doing it. Um, the good news is this, that we husbands are like little puppies, and we can be untrained super quickly. I, I shouldn't say that. Not super quickly. We can be untrained because, again, God has put it, I believe, in our hearts of all the men, you know, is that desire to lead their families. I mean, that's why we, when we see these movies of superheroes and swashbuckling heroes, that's what those, they're all doing. They're coming to the rescue. They're leading the charge. They've got a plan, you know, but even the Avengers, if they've been told their plans always stunk, and everything they did was inadequate, they would quit leading the charge. They wouldn't do it. Um, so here's what I would do. If you have a husband who doesn't lead very much, I would help him by not leading yourself. Does that make sense? Because what happens is that, you know, we husbands, we already decide we can't do it, so we're just going to let you do everything, and then you step in, and you do everything, and you do it better than we do, and so then we never do anything. You know, we don't help make decisions. We don't do anything. You ask us, hey, uh, can you, what do you think about this? And we go, I don't know, honey, anything you want to do is okay with me. You know, you don't like that answer, but you know why you get that answer? Because we have learned that whatever answer we give, you're going to do whatever you want to do anyway. So we just quit. Or you're going to tell us why our answer is wrong. Um, you know, even in little things. I know my wife, she used to do this more before we had kids who were grown-ups. Um, you know, she would ask me, you know, to do something. You know, can you get the kids ready for, for church on Sunday? And then I would get them all ready, you know, trying to help. And we'd get in and we'd get to church and all my kids are in different clothes because she'd say things like, well, you know, you're just, I didn't want them to be dressed like street urchins. So after a while, we decide when you ask us to help, we say in our heads, we're like, nah, you don't need me. You're going to do it anyway. So I'm, why, why the hassle? You know, your husband wants to lead. So ladies, this is the holy grail. You should let your husband lead. So whenever he involves himself in any way, whether that's in disciplining your children or leading in family devotions or leading in any way, just let him. 
Just let him. Will it be as good? Probably not. And you know what I would do afterwards? I would then say, thank you, honey. I wouldn't say, oh, you know, you should have done it like this because you know what he'll think in his head? Then I'll, I won't do it anymore. If I, you know, again, yeah, you wanted me to do it, but now I... And that's what husbands feel. And we take a little step out of our families. But if you'll just say, thank you, honey, I really appreciate that. In his heart of hearts, he will take a little step in towards you because you're taking care of the stem. And, you know, I know that's easier to say than to do. But can I just encourage you maybe do it in the small things? Like when you're in the car. I would say when you're in the car and your husband is driving, don't say anything. No, I don't mean like ever. You can talk about whatever. But when it talk, comes to making a turn or how fast he's driving or how slow he's driving or how he's driving, just don't say anything because that grates on us and it may it pushes us away. And you think it's no big deal. It's a huge deal. You know, I, I met with an old guy um, for, I don't know, 10 years before he uh, went to heaven. And uh, we'd have breakfast every Tuesday when I was home. Um, those are the days where I was gone a lot, uh, or we were gone as a family a lot. Um, but he would always talk about how he could never find a parking space in any parking lot because his wife always told him it was the wrong one. I mean, we husbands feel that way. We thought we were smart before we got married. And then, you know, one day we're newly married and we pull into a parking space in a big parking lot and you say to us, why are you parking here? And we're like, because it's empty. I don't know. It doesn't... Is this a trick question? You know, this is not that hard. You know, and so we get to the point where we won't even park without asking you. And you're laughing and you're going, yeah, well, my husband says that. And that's ridiculous. Baloney. That is that little puppy thing that smacked on the nose. And so, ladies, if you want your husband involved, if you want him to lead, whenever he leads, let him. Refuse to take the lead. You know, don't, don't take it away from him. Um, like like this, you know, I think it's my job to, to change burned out light bulbs in our house. But I don't get on it right away. I'm kind of slob, a slobbish. And so, but if I see my wife jumping in there and taking care of it, I don't feel appreciative. I feel resentful. Because what it feels like, it feels like a, she's pointing out how I failed her. You know, I had the oil change because I know you never would get to it. I did this because I knew that wouldn't be something you'd take care of. What should you do instead? Should you, you should let the lights burn out. You should let the car burn up, you know, or whatever, and not take care of those things. So then your husband will go, man, man, it's so dark in here. I need to change the light bulbs. Where do we keep the light bulbs? And then when he changes them, you know what you say? Thank you. You know, if he lets the car burn up, he'll know it's his fault. You won't even have to say anything. And he won't let it happen ever, ever again. And the thing is, you might have lost your car, which is a big leaf. But your husband will love you because that's the stem. So he wants someone to, to follow him. He wants someone to believe in him. You know, he wants someone to think that, 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 that you think we're smart, you know, and that you admire us. And you used to. You know, when you used to get done with one of your dates, you would, you would go back to your, you know, uh, dorm room or your apartment or your home and then you'd say oh he was so smart he's so amazing he's so this now you know what you don't say that anymore instead now you go and he didn't do anything right you know he can't make right decisions you're you always pick the worst thing you don't you know what kind of you know character do you have you know you let our kids watch this why would you let our kids watch this are you some kind of moral pervert you know 
Now, you may not say that, but when you say things like, why would you let our kids watch that? That's how what he hears. And what does he do? He takes a little step out. You know what I would do when you ask your husband to maybe watch the kids while you run off to go do something with their girlfriend or something? When you come back and you find out that he's let him watch, you know, all the episodes of the Avengers, what you say is this. Thanks for taking, thanks for watching the kids tonight so I could go do this. And I'll tell you, he will take a little step in. Because what's worse, you know, to pointing out that, that you can't change, or just to accept it and thank him? The first one's the worst one, right? Um, so he wants someone to, to believe in him. You know, he wants someone to uh, admire him, to think that he's doing a good job. Again, you know, I, I would tell you, if you've got a husband uh, maybe uh, who is working a lot, maybe right now, or maybe he works all the time, all the, you know, all the time, take a little sticky note. And on that, instead of trying to nag him into spending time with your family, which won't work, you write on there, honey, thanks for working so hard for us. And then you stick it on his steering wheel so he can find it in the morning. When he finds that, don't be surprised if he doesn't quit his job and whatever, come back and spend time with you. But in his heart, he will step towards you because you can't resist that. Um, and I'll tell you, you continue to do that. He will take more and more steps in because he wants to be adored by you. You know, your husband wants to be desired. Um, you know, and I know uh, moms always think, oh, this is all my husband wants. It's not true. He just wants to be desired by you like you like he used to be. You know, but now you're like, I'm exhausted. I don't have time to desire my husband. You know, I, I know my wife and sometimes what she will do, what all wives do is that then they with that you with your withhold a little bit. You're afraid to touch us because what we'll hear is da 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 you know, but I'll tell you, I love it when my wife reaches over and scratches my head while we're laying in bed. And it just says to me, I love you. You know, maybe she's fearful that I will hear da 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 But it doesn't matter. Um, he just wants you to desire him. And again, maybe it's been a long time since you've done that. Um, you know, and you might say to me, yeah, Todd, but I'm too tired to desire my husband. I'm too exhausted to desire my husband. Here's what I would say. You're too exhausted and too whatever because you need to take a nap, you know? And you say, I don't have time to take a nap. How am I supposed to take a nap? And I would say, you need to find time to take a nap. And you'd say, well, how can I find time to take a nap? I've got all these important things to do. And then I would finally say, what you're doing is you're spending your time on leaves, and you're neglecting the stem. Well, Mom, we're just about out of time. Um, and there are other things we could talk about. Um, but if you'd like to hear the, the whole talk, um, you can get that at our website um, for just really uh, a few six or seven dollars. Um, we have an audio CD. Um, remember those round things that look like records that are now CDs that are almost obsolete? We have that. You can get it um, called How to Be a Great Wife Even Though You Homeschool. In fact, uh, when we first did it, uh, Focus on the Family listened to it, and they put it on their broadcast because they thought everybody needed to listen to it. Um, or you can get it in book format. Uh, it's a, uh, by the same title, How to Be a Great Wife Even Though You Homeschool. Um, again, wives, I know it's not easy. I know it's not. Um, but I will guarantee it works. 
And if you want to get this one homeschool lesson right, it's this one. Um, you get your marriage right. You stay married. And maybe you're in the midst of a really hard time, which <laughs> that's not hard to believe because we're all in the midst of a really hard time. Can I just uh, encourage you again, no matter what, to stay married? Because I don't believe the answer is in staying married, but I believe the answer happens when we stay married. You know, for these other couples I mentioned, I don't even know if there's any hope because they, they've pulled apart. They're, they're on their own. Some of those relationships have been severed where they married others, uh, and it's too late. You know, and I know their heart, their kids' hearts are still broken. They have broken relationships in their families, um, and it breaks my heart. And it is way more devastating than any virus ever could be. So, uh, Mom, I hope you have a great week. I hope that maybe, maybe just today, or when you get off of here, um, you go and spend a little STEM time. Your husband doesn't need a lot of time. He will respond quickly. Just tell, start off by saying, hey, honey, thanks for working so hard. Or thanks for doing this. Or thanks for anything. Think of something he's done. And then, you know, let him lead. Let him, whenever he involves himself, just let him. You know, you might have to wait for that. Because some of our hus us husbands are so scared. We're scared to stick our noses out. When he finally does, be ready with a gentle, 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 thank you so much. And I guarantee he'll do it again. He may not do it tomorrow or the next day, but he will do it. Well, um, hey, I'm going to let Ben close this out, um, and hopefully uh, we'll see you back live next week. You know, you can watch this on Facebook live. Um, we do it about every Tuesday, um, about uh, 8, 8 o'clock, 8.30, um, and you can be a part of the live conversation. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to keep smiling. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Smiling Homeschooler podcast. If you would like to get the book that this episode was based off of, go to smilinghomeschooler.com and click on the store. I also want to say thank you to Teaching Textbooks for sponsoring the Smiling Homeschooler podcast. They make math fun. You can check out the website over at teachingtextbooks.com. We hope you and your family are staying healthy. And as always, have a great week and keep smiling.